This episode brought to you by Audible. Audible. AudibleTrial.com <laughs> slash Horror Virgin for 30 days free and a book to get you started. For your book recommendation, the one, the only. <gasps> it's me. The Yen Ferratu. <laughs> this is our Mother's Day episode and we're watching The Babadook. What is it? It is. I didn't realize this was for Mother's Day. Yeah. yeah. Well, that she makes sense. She even told me that. I know. I told you that too. Yeah. I don't listen. So, Oh, it's clear. So today I'm going to recommend uh, Rosemary's Baby by Ira Levin. It's really good. So funny story about that. My mom's version of the Omen story, like when she was a little girl, she went to a party and they made her watch Rosemary's Baby and Uh-oh. she refused to watch horror movies after that. And I had the same experience with the Omen. So yeah, I guess we should invite my mom to we go should. see when, when we do that movie. We should have my mom on. Anyway. Story, yeah. yeah, we need to have everybody's moms over for a mom episode. <laughs> All right, guys, everyone, call your mom. See if she is available. Uh, it's going to be a bitch to coordinate, but we'll figure it out. Yeah, because my mom goes to bed at like as soon as sundown happens. Just call Jen at 615-867-5309. Yep. Jen, I've got your number. I'm going to call your mom. mom. All right. So anyway... <laughs> I don't know what, I don't even know how we got here, Jen. I, know, but if I you recommended want, Rosemary's Baby and all hell broke loose. Yeah, if you yeah. want 30 days free in a book to get you started, go to audibletrial.com slash horror virgin. What like more do you dogs. want from me, Ed? <laughs> this show also brought to you by Nick, Nick B. B. Hey, Nick B. Mikey's not here to make up any shit about you. Oh, yeah. Mike, <laughs> Mikey is not again. able to be here for this episode. He will be back next episode. I know. But Who's going to make up that, Nick B facts? I guess he'll get a reprieve this week. Mm. But Nick B did want you to check out God Country Film. Yeah. Because they just got funded and they need your help getting word out about the film. It's In fact, awesome. by this point, they've already uh, filmed a few scenes and not my scene yet, which hurts my feelings. Oh, you're Aww. in a scene? I think they forgot to cast me. Oh, did they? I'll have a word hmm. with my agent about this. Maybe they were just saving your scene and it's going to be like a surprise. It would be a surprise to me. definitely be in the blooper reel. At oh, yeah. Point and all that. Yes. Probably least. at the Christmas party. I, I honestly would just love to be a dead body somewhere. Like, that would be dope. So guys, check out God Country Film at GodCountryFilm.com or just God Country Film on the socials. Yeah, Nick B, thank you so much for thank your support. You. So if you want your very own Patreon shout out, go to Patreon.com slash Horror Virgin and be like Nick B or John, John, Eddie, Eddie, and, and Veronica. Veronica. Hey guys, thank you so much for your support. We love it. Thank you Wanky so much. Blanky. I think there's an evil goldfish swimming around here. <laughs> No one's going to get that joke. I know. Uh, everyone who's in the Facebook group is laughing right now. Everyone else is like, skip 30. Aww. Uh, guys. Yeah, can we bring the theme music in, please? Yes. I don't think that's... There's no closet. No, there's no closet. I mean, there's that weird, like, closety thing on the stairwell called a bobbinet. <laughs> it's a no, no. <laughs> ah, welcome to the Horror Virgin, everybody. Ah, something good from Australia. Yeah, can you guess what movie we're talking about? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jen. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd. And today we have a guest. Yes, we do. Returning do. guest. It's yes. Me. Fan favorite. Hey. Uh-huh. Emily Hopkins. Hey. service. Yay, we're so happy. Wow. Well. How about that? Wake up, Jeez. 
<laughs> so today we watched The Babadook. Yes, we did. This is our Mother's Day episode. Let's do first thoughts. Jen, what did you think about the movie? Ooh, okay. Wait, quick question. Sorry to ask you what you thought about and then cut you I off. I think what you meant to say you hey, thought was. do you mind if I mansplain how you felt about this movie? <laughs> yeah. So you two have both seen the movie before, right? Correct. Yes. And Jen, mm-hmm. I know because you've told me that you love this movie. I do, yeah. Or at least like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Emily, you told me in confidence earlier that you do not like this movie. That is correct. Yeah, I still stand by that. So you stand by it. Jen, I, do you stand by that you liked I it? I still stand by that I loved it. I yeah. can see that. Yeah. So I didn't think this movie was super scary. We'll talk about that more when we get to scary scale. Yeah. But it was still scary. Like, I would never want to watch this movie again. Like, it mm-hmm. was that level of scary. But I don't think it was awful. It was really ham-fisted. Like, it really beats you over the head with the point it's trying to get across. And I feel like it does a pretty bad job getting it across. Mm, disagree. Well, I think it's because, it for me, it's too ham-fisted. Fisted. It's yeah. like reading Ayn Rand. I get it. You're a libertarian. They are caricatures. <laughs> no one would write a speech that long, John. 60 pages. <laughs> yeah. I don't love it because I feel like it's super ham-fisted, but I think you like it for that reason. I do, yeah. It's hard to miss the point they're trying to get across. Yeah, now I will say it's hard to show depression and grief in an interesting, dynamic way in a movie, too. So I think that's a little where the -the over-the-topness of it came from. Yeah, okay, so that's fair. I think that they missed the mark largely because you shouldn't present it this way because it's there. I don't really think there is a good way to do it. I I don't think, like, I, I will look at some movies and be like, holy shit, I I could have made a better movie and that's saying something because I don't want to make movies, but I don't think I could have made a better version of this movie. I just think the, the idea behind this to show that grief and sort of depression and desperation on some level and like repression, repression. Yeah, yeah, well, and stuffing it down into the basement or whatever of yeah. your feelings. I don't feel like this is a good medium for that message. I don't think horror and that that works that well. But I hate horror movies, <laughs> so like I'm not the person to ask for that. But that, sure. I mean, that's why I don't like it. Yeah. But I also understand why it why you do like it. Well, okay, so let me say the first time. Actually, the first time I watched this book, I had a tiny child. The first time you watched this book? The first time I watched this movie that is about a book. So that's It's a one. movie about a book. Baba duck duck. Baba duck duck. Nice. Uh, Are we going to get sued? Hang on one second. No, no, I think no, you're LeVar good. Parody, nice. parody. I do feel like LeVar Burton would be just like, he's driving on Sunset Boulevard in Santa Monica and he's just like, huh, they got me. Exactly. <laughs> I wonder if he wears the visor um, everywhere. If I was no, LeVar Burton, sunglasses. I would wear oh, those Jordy. sunglasses everywhere. Oh, yes. yes. That would be awesome. Have them specially made. Okay, so let me say, the first time that I watched this movie, I watched it, and I've talked a little bit about this online, but my husband is an accountant, so I watched this in, like, March, like, right in the thick of tax season. We get it. You're married. (laughs) I had a nine-month-old. Oh, yeah. I was a teacher, and I also had a three-year-old who was going through a lot of behavior issues, including screaming all the time. Why can't you be normal? Yeah, and so this was, like, like, there was a part in this where I stopped it and cried for like 10 minutes Aww, like it yeah. was tonight, but like good there was like, a part for tonight she stopped it and cried for 10 I minutes I did that's why I had to go downstairs no it's not really <laughs> but it was like it was good because it was cathartic I saw this and I loved the way it ended because it gave me hope when I was in this really really dark place and so that's mm-hmm. part of why I really like it and yeah, I, sure. I, and I, I connected with even more this time which I'm excited to talk about well I mean yeah. like you've always said Jen crying is just like emotional masturbation it is 
I have said that, and I stand by it. Like I, listen, said, I, yeah. I, I don't disagree with you. you I just think maybe there are different that. words uh-huh. you can choose to say the same message. But listen, I'm on board for it. I called into a radio show one time to say that, and they made me say emotionally pleasuring yourself. But then no, the host was No, no, no. I got to dig into this more. Hang on. What radio? Hey, you're on the phone with Rush Limbaugh. Rush, what do you I feel like it was more of a Howard Stern. <laughs> yeah. It helped with the Burt Show. Do you guys remember the Burt oh, Show? Oh, I've heard oh, of it. Oh, was this before or after he got rid of Ernie? It was, it was before. <laughs> yeah, Ernie was actually really cool. Yeah. I think he was pleasuring himself at the time that I was calling. Oh, oh Bert. Oh, Bert. Hey, Bert, Bert. No, the turn. Oh, I know. It did, did, did I, I, I do love how this went from a crying as emotional masturbation to a Bert and Ernie sketch where Bert is jerking off while Ernie takes phone calls. Yeah. yeah. Guys, we're sitting on a gold mine. <laughs> All right, can we get into this fucking movie? I don't know. Speaking I of masturbation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we start with a car wreck flashback. Yeah. That you later find out was uh, they got in a car wreck with a katana. Yeah. I yeah. don't know what a katana yeah. is, but. A katana is a Japanese sword. Ah. Yeah. So she's like doing the Lamaze breathing on the way to the hospital. And he says, I think it's going to rain. Yeah. And it's like right on her face. And you don't really, you can't really tell that she's in a car, except that there's you like. You sort of can. But yeah. it's more like just because the glass is hitting her, mm-hmm, you right. don't really see like physical stuff about the car around her. But and I think it's because she's not it's not actually a flashback. She's just reliving it in her mind because oh, it's just a dream. It. Well, she's like spinning and the glass is hitting her and then mm-hmm. she like is floating above her bed and then slowly gets lowered onto her bed. Mm-hmm. And then does her son wake her up? Like, is that like where yeah, it cuts the son to? Yeah, jumps okay. on her and says he has a bad dream. Yeah, oh, I had the dream again. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. and it's, I was led to believe that it was the same dream she was having. Mm, I'm not sure if it's actually said There's that, no indication sense. of that. I mean, that's just yeah, me, sure. like, uh, yeah. thinking that. I, yeah, but yeah, he's having a bad dream, and so he's, he wants to sleep with her, which... Which is a, a common thing amongst kids that age, right? I don't know, I don't have kids. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah, bad yeah, dreams, I'm asking, I don't know. Room, yeah, right? um, and so the next morning, he is, like, building weapons, and we just hear, like, sawing and, like, hammering. Yeah, it's like a, a MacGyver montage yeah. of a kid <laughs> building a sort of backapult. Yeah. Which like is a, a catapult, catapult on your back. Backpack. Yeah. It's a backapult. I mean, I was following you. Yeah, you got yeah, she, I didn't she need an it. explanation. It's yeah. also magic tricks. And this is like, I think he's oh, a, yeah. Yeah, he, he's a little cute. He's six. At times. Is he six? He's six. Know, the whole yeah. like first 75% of this movie, he is not cute. No. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, honestly, you sort of understand mm-hmm. why she wants to murder this child. Yeah, he's very insufferable, but he has these little moments every once in a while when he's saying things like every time he said, nothing in my hands, nothing in my hands. I thought it was cute. I have a six-year-old too, so I'm just, you know, around a lot of it. And I kinda- <laughs> so do you think that you'd want to murder your six-year-old if they acted oh, like this? Look, let me just say before we talk for the rest of the episode, I love my kids. Right. But it's hard to be a mom sometimes. Yeah, you know? sure. Mom right. and ain't easy. Even if you have a supportive husband. Oh, yeah. And she does. I'm not saying that I'm not downplaying you. I'm just saying she doesn't in this movie. Like she's They're sweet and they're cute, but they say the same jokes over and over and over again. And I don't want to listen to Captain Underpants jokes anymore. You know what? You know what, Jen? That hurts. That hurts my feelings. Oh, yeah. Rude. Rude. Wow. You forgot about your other kid? I know. She is the pod mom. That is true. I've had to listen to this goddamn evil goldfish noise. Oh, God. (laughs) 20 fucking times. I honestly don't do it ever unless you bring it up. That's true. I know. I like the evil goldfish. Are we going to take a moment to talk about just this child as an actor? 
for oh, a second. Yeah. Can mm-hmm. we talk yeah, about sure, this? Yeah, sure, sure. Let's do it. So there were just so many times within this movie where the kids' facial expressions took me out of the movie completely. Really? Uh, absolutely. Like There's, when he was screaming and stuff? Maybe not so much that. There were just Is it because he's an ugly child? <laughs> not an ugly child. That. I just hope he grows into his face. Yeah, well, okay. Well, I mean, listen, <laughs> I had to grow into my face too. And I just barely missed. Yeah. Like I almost got you're there. You're almost there. Yeah, we'll almost got there. great on the podcast. If my nose would just stop growing. And oh, ow, Jen. They don't. Ow. <laughs> I think it was sometimes just his eyes made it look like he was waiting for somebody to tell him he did a good job mm-hmm. offset. Yeah. Like it just seemed like he was like, I did my line. Mm-hmm. Okay. What did you guys Where's think about cream? it? That's what yeah. it felt like mm-hmm. to me. And yeah. it took me all the way out. Now, granted, yeah. I'm also talking to somebody who didn't particularly like the movie, yeah. but uh, those were moments where I was just like there. I just can't connect with this kid. Mm-hmm. I can't attach to anything with this kid. I didn't notice so much that I didn't like him and he is six too. So yeah. that was probably part of it. But yeah, I, I mean, I can see what you're saying. And sometimes I think his screaming was a little extreme, like his facial expressions. Although I guess I appreciate that more than just a kid who stares and doesn't have any kind of expressions, but it was very over the top. Saying this is someone who didn't like the movie either. I feel like he was fine. He's a six year old and it's really him and his mom's movie. Like they're on the screen together 90% of the time. And I think he did a fine job. Mm hmm. I think she did a great job. Right. And oh, yeah. he wasn't, he didn't take me out of it completely, but I do see what you're saying, Emily. Yeah. But yeah. I see a lot of younger me in this kid because I too was also into like juggling and mm-hmm. like destroying the VHS copy of Aladdin because I liked the <laughs> beginning of it so much. <laughs> so like, I mean, I, I probably made my mom specifically watch the opening monologue in Aladdin conservatively 300 times. Yeah. Um, so we cut to her Amelia in her nursing home job and she's wandering around serving tea to people who don't remember ordering it. Oh man, I thought it was so funny. Like, yeah. I, and the people who, people who work in like nursing homes don't get enough respect no, they don't. Or, pay. or pay. So I just, yeah. you immediately feel bad for her because mm-hmm. she has lost her husband, uh, has a little Todd and oh. she's like insane <laughs> and crazy and then she works in a place where she's like underappreciated yeah. and has really Except offensive dudes hitting on her. Oh huh? yeah, Robbie I mean, likes Robbie, her. She's not That's underappreciated by Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> Robbie's problematic as a character. I liked Robbie. He was Yeah, sweet. I mean, I, li- I definitely liked his first line. I thought it was funny. She brought that lady her tea and she was like, hey, I brought you this one fresh with milk or whatever, mm-hmm. like just like you like it. And then she was like, what? And made her lean in. And she mm-hmm. says it all again. And she goes, I don't like milk. <laughs> it was like the weirdest power move that an yeah. old woman could play. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's and then you see her work. making another cup of coffee. And that's when Robbie orbs up on her and says, mm-hmm. where a woman should be in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. that was your favorite And this part. is the person you like, Jen. I like him because he was kidding. He laughed. Although I would not date I him. I got the kidding vibe from him. I me did too. too. He I was. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Granted, my husband says that to me. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. I, Todd, let's talk about all the shit you have said tonight. <laughs> I honestly don't think we have enough time. No, I've secretly true. been recording this whole time, so I'll release it to the Patreon. Yeah. If Todd you want to hear Todd's problematic hot takes. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm joking when I say shit like that. I know. That. And I think he is too, you know, but I do think there's something to say that she's doing, like she is existing to care for all of these other people and she doesn't have any time for herself. She doesn't really have very much help. She does find a little time for herself later the night. Well, she tries. We'll get there. 
Oh my god. She doesn't. She though. doesn't get there. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. All right. So she's at her nursing home job, just draining all her energy, and then she gets a call that the school needs to see her. Yeah. While she's at work, so she goes to the mm-hmm. school, and the school administrator and yeah. the teacher mm-hmm. uh, are teacher. like, "Hey, your son tried to kill someone with a." makeshift crossbow and, and a dart yeah yeah, yeah. It, it is dangerous i'll give him that although yeah. that one lady is the trunch bowl but i mean she's got a point for this sure is i don't dangerous. think she's quite that bad is that a madeline reference matilda matilda mm-hmm. that's what i meant sorry yeah. Yeah. yeah i don't i don't think she's that bad she wants to protect her other kids Well, she didn't pick up any of the kids and swing them by their pigtails and throw them over the fence or yeah. make them so eat a huge fucking chocolate cake no no that's right <laughs> <laughs> which is good so. no i mean she absolutely as a teacher brings a valid points though the safety of all yeah. you know has right. to be considered but you know the kid's got problems. But right. it, did, it did seem like this is not the first time he brought like a yes. backup holt or a crossbow to school. So, mm-hmm. yeah. They more or less say that they're going to have to bring in someone to work with them one-on-one. Yeah. And then she's like, um, fuck this shit, I'm out. Uh, yeah. And says, no, I'll just take him out of school. Right. That is something that happens in school and they're called paraprofessionals and they're just their job is to stay with a student that has extreme needs all day long to kind of be the one-on-one helper. And I feel like if they had just said it in a way that didn't make her feel like shit, then that may have been a solution that could have been really helpful for him. Right. Because I think, I mean, he clearly needs attention and she is not able to give him all of this attention that he needs right now. I also feel like she wasn't really in the space for anybody's words to hit her True. in a good way. I think she was kind of on that path of I'm going to do what I'm going to do, period. And that's right. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I also think she's sort of doing whatever she can do to get by every day because yeah, she's, sure. it's a struggle, man. Mm-hmm. Right. So what are they called? The paraprofessionals. Do they parachute in? They do. It's real <laughs> What? Yeah. That's why they're so expensive. Or just mm-hmm. hover like a Babadook. <laughs> <laughs> Is the Babadook a paraprofessional? <laughs> that would be cool. All right. So she's at the school meeting. And let me tell you, I have been to these school mm-hmm. meetings. There are a lot of things in this movie that happened that I was like, yeah, I've been there. Like I've driven home with a screaming child in the back of my car. Yeah. And it's, mm. Yeah, so they leave the school. And so they go to a feel-good playtime in the park. Yeah. And, was, and this is where you meet the main mm, character's sister. Yes. And I was Amelia, cracking sorry. up at this kid just like fighting. This is one of the times I thought he was cute. He was just like flailing oh around Oh my gosh, how many things? times did you see kids do this or still see, you know, kids? Yeah. It cracks me up. Dude, kids that was right me up. until like four years ago. 100%. Yeah. Actually, that's how I found him in the front yard, Jen. Um, yeah. Because oh. we got here a little bit before you and I was uh-huh. fighting I was fighting my Duke by oh, the yeah. tree outside. Oh. Yeah. Fighting your Babadook by the tree. (laughs) I just need a little personal me time. And it does make you kind of wonder, I mean, especially with the timing of the husband's death and obviously the birth of the child being on the same day. It makes you wonder, like, what that actual process was like for her immediately following his death and the baby's birth. Like, I can't imagine. The postpartum that must have been experienced and has clearly never really ended. Mm -hmm. You know, that must have been. It seems horrible. It's like the best thing and the worst thing in your life happening on the same day. Right. Well, and it's interesting, too, because they, you know, they talk about this time of year a couple Mm -hmm. of times. So it really makes you wonder if the depression is cyclical to just that time of year Mm -hmm. or if it's something that she's actually battling pretty solid throughout those six right. or seven years that's not completely made clear but i kind of get the vibe that it's really cyclical and yeah. happens well and the neighbor says i know this time of year is hard right for you. exactly yeah i mean it is though like if you've ever lost someone that's like super close to you like a husband or a brother or a dad or whatever it hits you that time of year every year yeah. well and i think it's made worse this year because he's not going to be celebrating his birthday party with his cousin mm-hmm. yeah and now it kind of forces you to do it by yourself because before it could be more like you're celebrating the cousin than you're right. actually celebrating the kid mm-hmm. your own kid or right. you could 
celebrate your own kid on a different day. Right. And it's, right. it's not as painful. Sure. Uh, yeah. I, I totally get that. Yeah. I think yeah. it kind of diverts some of that attention that you might have focused on the anniversary. Yeah. And I can understand the sister not wanting to do this. I feel like she's kind of a, a dick in this movie, but I can also see from her point of view, like this is six years. She's probably been dealing with this. Sure. And she just wants her daughter to have her own birthday party. Right. You know what? Well, her daughter wants to have a princess party exactly. and her cousin, right. you know, the main character's kid is a son. Like mm-hmm. she, he's not going to want to have a princess party. So like, I do think they sort of position her as a dick and her friends yeah. as, you know, dicks who are mm-hmm. like, privileged or on some level or whatever. And sure. I, I do like that dichotomy and I like the way the main character handles it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you don't have enough time to go to the gym? That oh, that's must be so hard tragic. for you. Right. You must have so much in common with those disadvantaged women. Yeah, right. so I, I loved that part. I yeah. loved it too. But I mean, I do sort of feel bad for the sister I too, do. just because she has had to put up with it for six years. But I do feel like she could be a better sister. I think so too, because what she's really needing is the specific kind of help that she just is unwilling to get for herself. And I mean, you you can't make somebody get their own help. You know, no, they have you to really can't. want to. I mean, and it does push people away that are around you. Right. You know? And we see her push people away. Mm-hmm. You know, I, one thing I really like about that is that it shows that this depression and grief is not just affecting you. Like if you live in the house with someone that affects everyone in the house. Mm-hmm. And I think I've got some issues that I deal with and it affects everyone in my family, you know, and you just, and so that's one thing I like about the son seeing it first and saying, don't let it in. And I think everybody sees it. Anyway, so that's sort of what happens in that scene she goes to her sister's place and they have that conversation mm-hmm. uh, it's not the party yet so that she hasn't told off to her sister's friends because that happens later right but <laughs> at the first time we, we meet the sister and it's actually at the park I think yeah it is. Um, mm-hmm. is that's when the idea of the party being separated because the niece wants to do a princess party yeah that's what that happens and the, that's where Sam is like Tom. playing by himself and he's like mom 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 Mom, Mom, aren't you listening to my podcast? Mom! Mom! Mom, Mom, like and subscribe! Mom! And then she... Lewis! (laughs) And then he climbs on top of the the swing set, and then it cuts to him standing on the top of the swing set, and then it cuts to him crying in the the backseat of a car. I absolutely appreciate that. Yeah, that was hilarious. 100% motherhood. Yep, I have been there. Uh Uh-huh, and you're just driving, and there's nothing you can do, because if you pull over, you're not going to solve the problem. It's just going to last longer. I feel like she was being at all negligent, though. I feel like she looked away for two seconds and he was on top of that thing. I, yeah, partly. But I also feel Do like you? Okay. this kid is like yeah, I, always at an 11 yeah. and you cannot watch him. He's like all Houdini. Exactly. I had nice. a student once whose mom was like, I just don't know how many arms he has. I don't Aww. know how he gets into all these sure. things. Because she was paying attention. Yeah, she, she was. She was talking to her sister and then one second he was on the ground punching the air, fighting a nothing. And then she looks away, talks to her sister, and then the next second he's on top of the swing set mm, right. and yeah. presumably falls. You don't see that part, but you know. right. <laughs> then the they end up in the backseat of the car. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I will say it is a little bit of a dick move for the sister to spring this on the mom within the week of the party. She's like, can I bring something on Wednesday? She's yeah. like, oh, forgot to tell you. you. assume it must be a Monday at least if they yeah. were at school just a moment ago. You're oh right. yeah, I didn't think about yeah. that. But yeah. mm-hmm. And I mean, she's not uninviting them to go. It yeah, just can't sure. be her son's party too. And you think yeah. that if she's a single mom working and trying to care for a child.
child, she's not going to really have a lot of time to plan her own party for the kid. Exactly. So yeah, that's got to be sort of a dig move. Okay, so this is when they're going to bed and they read the book and Sam gets to pick and he picks this super creepy red giant book that it looks look like that one creepy. of my Stephen King books. Yeah, yeah it does. That yeah. no one has ever seen before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about that? It, How it, does it honestly, look in the house? It doesn't look super creepy from the outside. It just it says doesn't. the Duck and like it's red and, and the Duck is in black and then you open it and it looks sort of like a like a kid ghost book. Mm-hmm, like That's a like a, almost like a Casper sort it of a thing. It looks a little bit like scary stories to tell in the dark. The illustration style is a little more like it's sure. black and white. It's pop up, you know, and it looks kind of innocent, but maybe a little spooky to begin with. Yeah, so, the first few pages just look sort of fun and like right, an interesting the story. Kind of catches And then you. shit mm-hmm. gets real on page four. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, I may be jumping ahead of myself, but I want to talk about this book for a second. So yeah. flash forward to the birthday party. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, she talks about how she's written uh-huh. and has written articles. Oh, and yeah. Wrote she wrote this book. book. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Must have written it at some point in her mania. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and just forgot about it. Right. Because mm-hmm. the whole movie, she's complaining about how she just needs to sleep and hasn't slept. Mm-hmm. But we've seen her sleep many times. Yeah. Right. So she's Tyler Durden. She's losing time. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. She definitely so wrote she definitely it. Wrote and then wrote when she book. goes to the police station and she's got, she's the, got ink the ink on her, on her hands. hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At that first reading of the book, was there any point where you were scared, Todd? No, there there was no scary stuff except for just like, holy shit, being a single parent has to suck. <laughs> <laughs> like that you was the scariest. Every bedtime. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. the scariest thing for me at that point. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, this is when she's watching her uh, basic cable and relaxing. Yes. Relaxing. Mm-hmm. What did you call it somewhere? earlier? What did I say? She's masturbating. <laughs> 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 you even hear like the... It's key to yeah. all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It is the key. Sorry. Let's just say that her and her son are having two very different nights. They are. Yeah. They're yeah. slightly different nights. Yeah. Because the Babadook is starting to haunt Sam mm-hmm. and she is starting to haunt herself. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> this chick knows what I'm talking about. She can't quite get there, though, because I Sam know. bursts in and, j- and jumps on the bed. I think that was Todd's first jump scare. I think it was, too. I think that was the mom's first jump scare, too. Uh-huh. Oh, Where's yeah. the off switch? Where's the off switch? I'm not going to say I've had those moments because I haven't had exactly those moments. slightly different moments. Yeah, yeah. But, and there was a moment where he's hugging her and he's like touching the back of her neck and she's like, don't do that. Don't do that. Right. And I think it's a trigger because I think it's something maybe her husband used to do or sure. something. Yeah. So I think we see like personal space is a thing. Yeah. And she's never escaping people that need her, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And she can't like, this is the one time that she's really trying to do something by herself for, for herself. herself. Yeah. And just like relax for a minute and she can't even have that. So. Ain't nothing wrong with self-love. No. All right. So the next day is bingo, which I think is really funny. I do oh, love the bingo scene because is everyone is deaf as fuck and she's <laughs> calling out these numbers. And it's funny because the number of numbers that she has pulled out of the spinner greatly outnumber the number of numbers that are in there. Mm-hmm. I, think I said number too many times in that last sentence. I like you said but too many numbers of numbers. How many numbers yeah. were said. Anyway, there's like 50 numbers outside the spinny thing and 10 numbers in there and no one's hit bingo yet. Mm, I know. So she knows no one can hear anything she's saying because they're all old and deaf. So she's just pulling out numbers. She's like, anyone have five billion? Yeah. Anyone have five billion? And no? then she looks okay. over and old man lady is like shaming her. Bingo. Old man lady. <laughs> bingo shame. Bingo lady. <laughs> then we get to yeah. see Robbie. I know. Yo, Robbie is trying to 
get it. He is. He's like, old man lady didn't like your bingo skills, did she? You know what I like, though? Those bingos. Oh, yeah. I just think that Robbie wants a piece. I don't know if he's trying to hit and quit it. He might want to stay and play. I'm just saying that, like, he definitely is interested in her romantically. Because he says there's nothing wrong with not being okay. Or it's okay if everything's not okay. Yeah. And then he offers to cover her shift. Yeah. And then she just goes wandering around the mall. She gets ice cream. She does. Second time for self-care. Exactly. A little more self-care. And if I've said anything, it's that ice cream is a good replacement for masturbation. (laughs) So she gets back in the car after this time. Oh, she's watching people making out in the car. Oh, So you make it sound like she's like leering at them across the way. She was just getting in her car at the mall. There was a little bit of leery, leery. There was. I think it's more of a longing of missing that kind of relationship. Once they stop making out in that one little kiss and look up, she looks away and then leaves. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like she was there for minutes, got out her, you know, Nimbus 2000 and, you know, had a time. Her little lipstick bullet. (laughs) Anyway, so she she stops masturbating and drives away. So, and have you noticed with these kind of things when she's having kind of these like fantasies and not necessarily sexual, but she's kind of lost in her thoughts and the music is playing and then all of a sudden when there's an awareness it stops right. and it's yeah, yeah. abrupt. Yeah, yeah. and she, I, mm-hmm. I do think she is sort of, maybe fantasizing isn't the right word, maybe reminiscing is better. Yeah, I uh, think about, fantasizing is okay. It's not really a sexual thing. I don't think it is either. Yeah. I think she's just missing that sort of relationship. I don't think it's necessarily specifically her husband though. I mean, it could be a little bit of Because I, I don't think she is non-responsive to Robbie. Right. I think mm-hmm. she's just super depressed and yeah, that right. she's not super flirtatious but she's not like blowing him off or anything right. Right. you know whatever sorry go ahead she's missed 10 calls from her sister and Emily right. said that's every parent's worst nightmare absolutely and yeah. yep it's up there so the sister has been watching Sam because he can't go to school because he got kicked out but so he has been scaring the sister's daughter by just talking about the Babadook and she the niece's daughter is nice she's not great the ne- yeah the sister's daughter is kind of a jerk and she's like yeah nobody likes you we don't see this yet, but she, they're just not very nice. Uh, honestly, we don't see any interaction with the two kids yet, the niece and Sam. Right. Right. But we see Amelia picking up Sam. Yeah, and, and he's sitting in the driveway. Yeah, uh, and uh, the sister's like, he was just looking at the sky or looking mm-hmm. at nothing and talking to the Babadook. Yeah, and yeah. scaring her and then scaring mm-hmm. me off. I mean, that would be real scary. Yeah, like, I, would, I didn't even like hearing about it. Right. But yeah. when he starts doing it in the car, I don't think it's immediately. I think it's later. But when he starts talking to the Babadook in the car, I did not like that at all. Yeah. And you, it, it's not there. I mean, it, quote unquote, it's not there. You can't see it on film, but yeah. like it is eerie as fuck. Well, is and that when he has the fever uh, convulsion, is it that point yet. or is no. that later? I don't, not quite I don't yet, okay. but he is starting to see it and he's starting to talk about it and he's starting to hear it at night. And I think maybe if we're looking at this as a metaphor, like he knows it's getting to that time of year, even if he doesn't really, he's not aware of it, but he starts to see the signs starting to build up that his mom is about to let this thing in again. And so he's trying to like protect her really. I just don't think he is old enough to really express that. Yeah. I mean, that's why they call it the Babadook. Right. right? Exactly. It's because he doesn't know what depression is. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Okay. So this is when the crush does show up, Robbie. So he's got flowers and he's got a little yeah, model super airplane. Sweet. Yeah. Which it I don't know come if- across creepy at all to me i don't think so either yeah i don't think so yeah yeah um but he's the real mvp going after single mothers yeah i know a lot of dudes (laughs) that won't date people with kids using uh negs in the very first intro oh yeah he was like (laughs) get back in the kitchen yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) that works every time (laughs) but no i think he's a great dude he brought the kid a gift Mm -hmm. right and he thought the kid was sick right yeah so that's like she had told him the kid was sick yeah and he said hey every time i was sick my mom would get me it wasn't a model a model airplane which i don't get because that's probably the last thing i want to do when i'm sick but i mean 
It's his or thing. Ever. I don't yeah. want to hear. Put together know. this real complex puzzle that's probably above yeah. your age group. There's like a one in two chance that you're going to glue your fingers together. Yeah. And if I tell you that, you're definitely going to do that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it's like he's trying to like show him a little bit of his, his personality. It's a super classy move. Show it up is. with flowers for the mom and a gift for the son. You yeah. are in like her Nimbus 2000. Yeah. <laughs> and he just gave her the day off by covering her shift for right. her. Oh, yeah. And not yeah. taking the pay for it. Exactly. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 But Sam immediately blows up her spot. Is like, I'm not sick, which is totally something a six year old would do. 100%. Well, I mean, he, it's not like he's programmed to lie. Nor I know. Did, Plus, nor the did mom she didn't tell, tell her the yeah, cover yeah, yeah. story. Yeah. yeah. And he's wandering around with a magician's cape on. He's so out of sorts that the cape is down his front. <laughs> that's true. Because he's just acting a fool. I mean, this yeah. kid is probably, I was super hyperactive at that age. I'm still sort of am. So, like, that would definitely have been me. And yeah. I'm not going to confirm or deny that I was super into magic at a certain age in my life. And so they start yelling at each other right in front of him, too. They're like, I'm not sick. And she's like, no, he's just being real bad. And then she, he starts screaming at her like, you hate me. She doesn't want me to have a dad. Yeah. yeah. And he just kind of. And Robbie's like, well, I didn't yeah. formally submit my application for dadship. But uh, right. Yeah. He's like slowly shrinks yeah, into a puddle on the floor. and like really say goodbye out. to Robbie. <laughs> you no. just see like her holding the flowers and the maybe some semblance of the door closing. Mm-hmm. And then no more. Robbie. Yeah, I, mean, I, that's I think Robbie just slowly backs out of the room and yeah. never talks to her again. Exactly. Yeah. No yeah. more and Robbie. I kind of give him credit for recognizing there are some bigger issues in here that I don't know if I'm going to help. And, and not stepping in and trying to parent that child. Exactly. I like that a mm-hmm. lot. Because I, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't do this, but I could see douchebag dudes stepping in and being like, you don't talk to your mother like that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think he really just recognizes this is not. This is not my fight. Exactly. Nope. I'm out. Yeah. See you at work. Bye. Yeah, not my, not Have my fun with your sick quote unquote exactly. kid. Yeah. And let me also say, I am really happy that he doesn't show back up at the end and now they have a little happy family again. Yeah, like, I'm sure. glad, well, you know? Not to spoil it, because we're going to spoil the movie anyway, so it yeah. doesn't matter. The end of the movie is only like two weeks after the events that are going on right now. Right. I do think in a year, uh, Robbie and her might be dating. Yeah, but I think it, so too. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but the movie doesn't go f- that far into the future. So right. I yeah. like that he wasn't in it too. Yeah. But I still think he's an option in the future. I do too. Sure. Yeah, the next thing is they're eating soup. Dude, I thought it was more like yogurt. It had it had the consistency of hot snot, but looked mm. like soup. It I just looks like pureed corn. It doesn't look it good. It does. But yeah. at the end of the day, you realize that hers has shards of glass in it. Yeah. And like, his has nothing texture. in it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So she cuts her lip or cuts her cheek or whatever on glass mm-hmm. and then spits out the glass and then searches through the rest of hers and sees more glass. Yeah. And he's like, the Baba Duck made me do it. Or mm-hmm. no, just the, the Baba Duck did, did it. it. Yeah. 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 Um, and then he, she gets real pissed and she's like, oh, I'll just make myself something else. Go mm-hmm. watch your video. Yeah. And yeah. he watches his Mr. Mysterioso yeah. video. Did you also own that DVD? No. I wasn't super into magic growing up. Got I was it. really into like comedies. Got it. So I would watch anything I thought was funny. I would watch a million times. Oh yeah, I did. Because that, I realized you could control your friends and family through humor. Mm. So I tried to be as funny as possible. That's fair. Girls I also grew too. up in a household where my parents fought a lot, mm. and I could diffuse Escapism. things with humor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like I could, I, I learned that I could make people happy if I could make them laugh. Mm. So that's why I am as funny as I am. Yeah. Fair. Hey, you're welcome. 
Mm. (laughs) That's why, honestly, I think that's why the funniest people, I'm not saying I am one of the funniest people, but like a lot of comics end up killing themselves. Oh, yeah. There's a Because they get to that level of funny because they've dealt with some really dark shit. And that's their way of coping. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Or like shifting blame from it. My stepdad, who I think is one of the best people in the world, posted a a picture of this is what depression looks like. And it's like all these people who are like famous, like comedians and stuff Mm -hmm. who have killed Mm -hmm. themselves. But it was like them just like laughing and like smiling. And like, I was like, shit, that's so true. It really is. But it was like Chris Farley and like. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so let's talk about this too, because I think part of this in this movie is there's this aura about being a parent that it's supposed to be this natural, beautiful, perfect experience. And it's not like there are a lot of great (laughs) things about being a parent. Absolutely. It's like, and I wrote a blog about this because being a mom is hard. Being a dad is hard. Like it's hard. And I feel like people don't talk about that enough so there's this stigma and I think that's why Amelia doesn't want to get help a lot of times because you feel like you're supposed to be this perfect mom and if you're not then it's your fault and you're a failure rather than just this is really hard all kids are different all kids have different struggles and I just need help you know Mm -hmm. so check out the blog at Horrorversion.com. I think that one's called The Mama Duck Duck. I think it is. It's actually called The Horrors of Motherhood, and it's that and hereditary. I'll say this. Well, and maybe I won't say this. I'll just ask this, is probably the better way to say it. Is that something you put on yourself? Because I don't have kids, so like, but I know, I don't know shit about anything. So like, I don't think I'd have trouble asking for help. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like, and this is sort of sexist, that because I'm a man, I'm not necessarily supposed to know everything. And I feel like society puts it more on women to know everything. Everything. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's fair. I'm just saying that's the way it is. No, so it may I mean, be easier for a man an observation. for yeah. me to ask for help. I guess my question is, in a weird way of asking it, is, is that something you put on yourself or something that society puts on you? It, dep- it depends. And on I don't know if it's not a little bit yeah. of one, a little bit of the other. And oh. I think it's like different personalities. I tend to not ask for help. A lot. That's sort of what I was getting at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I, and you know, at the birthday party when you see like Amelia against the other moms, like all the other moms have the matching bags and mm-hmm. the presents came in. All of them are wearing nice black outfits, mm-hmm. you know, nice like, fitted clothing. Very, like, yeah, and yeah. it's very much a you know them versus her. Oh so it's yeah, really they're all that. standing. She's sitting down. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yeah. There's so many pieces within that that really separate her, you know, out as the she doesn't know what she's doing. Quote mm-hmm. unquote, you know? Yep. And I have been to those kind of parties and I have been I've had that experience at daycare, like when my kid was screaming all the time, like I just wanted to get her into the car so people would stop hearing this screaming because I was thinking they're thinking I'm a terrible mom because I right. can't get my <laughs> do- my daughter under control. No, that's 100% what you think. Right. Like, is that what you think? Oh, that's gotcha. insane. Because to me, like, okay, so if I was at that daycare picking up my kid or I just happened to be in the area and I oversaw that, I would be like, oh, shit, yeah, that sucks. Right. I'd hate to be that mom right now or whatever. Mm. I wouldn't be like, oh, what is wrong with that mom? Well, and but most maybe of them didn't, you know, yeah, we like, just didn't, weren't really that connected. And it was partly because I wasn't really connecting with these people because I was afraid they were going to think I was a bad mom. And there was a couple of years later when that happened with my son and I got like three texts on the way home, like, you're doing a good job. You did the right Sure. thing I've been there and it just it meant a lot to me yeah because that's yeah. a hard thing to reach out for in that moment you know yeah. so you well, know that's if you an interesting that. thing to point out within this too because the only calls you ever really see her get 
our the 10 from her sister about something being wrong mm-hmm. she doesn't really ever get anything that's super supportive right other or than from people, the school right mm-hmm. absolutely you know yeah. other than the neighbor actually physically mm-hmm. coming by you yeah. know so it's yes people are checking in but maybe mm-hmm. not in the way that she is hearing it okay so yeah this is when oh she finds oh. the picture that's scratched out Holy oh shit. on her bed remember oh, that oh yeah so yes. she goes upstairs and she sees Sam running out of her room yeah and then she goes into her room and sees the picture where where it's like her and her husband Oscar, mm-hmm. uh, and Oscar's face is completely scratched out, uh-huh. and her like and hers mouth is, too. Yeah, is like scratched mouth. out. It's yeah, like it was like her, her mouth. Her yeah, chin. yeah. yeah. Um, which is, if you notice, that's where she's like rubbing her Always. face. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so she like runs over to his room where he just ran back to, and he's wearing his backpack mm-hmm. or his backup holt. Uh, and anyway, so he's like ready to fire it at her more mm-hmm. or less, and she's just like, "What did I tell you about wearing that?" And he's yeah. like, "Do you, you want to die, die tonight?" Or like whatever. I'm like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, yeah. Got real, yeah, yeah. Because she takes his backup bolt and his mm-hmm. crossbow, yeah, and then she he like pushes her to the ground. Mm-hmm. Six year old getting frisky. And yeah. I think the first time I saw this, it struck me as weird. But I think now that I'm looking at it, like he feels like he's trying to protect her from the Babadook, and I think he's trying to get her to take this seriously. Like this is an actual threat, and she just keeps saying no stop imagining this you know yeah I think she at this point is repressing it but he can see the signs of it yes. and knows because it's the time of year it's coming but he's six so he doesn't know how to say it and he doesn't know exactly what she needs because she doesn't need him to yell at her I don't know exactly what she needs but he just recognizes there's a problem Therapy. my mom's something bad's gonna happen he keeps saying I don't want you to go away it's sad yeah, yeah. I mean he really associates that as two different people yes mom mm-hmm. in a good way and mom not in a good way yep and let me tell you I have been yelling at my daughter and she has looked at me and says I just need my mommy like looking straight in the face and I think it was around the time I watched this mm-hmm. and I just started crying and, and just went and wrote a blog about it yeah. <laughs> but- check it out on the website at horrorvirgin.com <laughs> yeah. under the title Mama Duck Duck <laughs> I'm going to have to rename it Mama Duck Duck you don't have to rename it I do like that though so now she goes and throws the book away she rage tears it up she, yeah, she doesn't just throw it away she tears it up and throws it into the trash mm-hmm. into the bin oh they call it the refuse into the bin yeah so she throws the book away and then we get the birthday party where we just got that the princess party right the princess party yeah mm-hmm. and we we've sort of talked about this a lot so you sort of yeah. know what happens here except for sam was holding on to amelia in the scene where the sister and the sister's friends are sort of mm-hmm. silently judging her mm-hmm. yeah or they're like nicely judging her they're being nice to her face but judging her yeah. subtly if that mm-hmm. makes sense anyway so it's sam, like backhanded niceness oh, yeah, exactly sure. backhanded compliments sort Isn't of she oh, trying her hardest oh and I work with a lot of disadvantaged women. Uh, uh-huh. They don't say like you, but it's very heavily implied. Yeah. Anyway, so Sam is ho- holding on to her, and then she kind of gets Sam to let go yeah. and go play. Go play right now, which yeah. to me was like, I can't let them see that you need me this much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And anyway, so he leaves uh, and uh, goes up into the treehouse. And he's just minding his own business in the treehouse, like being sad. It looks like he's literally just like, I'm going to stay here until mm-hmm. my mom's ready to go. Done. I'm going to stay yeah. out of trouble. It's right. whatever. I just Ooh. don't want to cause any problems. Problems. Mm-hmm. And then and the then niece, niece. Yeah, she's. Yeah, she goes up there and like, Your daddy didn't love you. That's why he died. Yeah, he like, didn't want to be around you anymore. Yeah. yeah, your mom doesn't love you either. Nobody likes you. And he's just sitting there with arms in his knees. Right. Or around Fetal his knees. Position S. Yeah. Asking yeah. her to stop. Yeah. Right. And she just keeps like being mm. the meanest woman in the world. Yeah. Standing next to the open face of the treehouse. What could go wrong? I know. So he gets up and these 
bolts her out the uh, next invention. The treehouse, <laughs> yeah. And she falls and breaks her nose in two places. Uh huh. I'm not saying she deserved it, but she was being a little miserable. Oh yeah, she was not trying to make any friends in that treehouse. Right. So the birthday party's over now, and this is when he's driving away and he's looking at the Babadook who's in the car that we can't see. Yeah, this was the beginning of the eeriness. Yeah, and he starts screaming, and then he starts having a seizure. Yeah. And she pulls over, and she's like, I need, I just need some help. And so they go to the doctor. And so she does ask for help at that. She does ask for help at that point. Yes. Um, but it's because it's such an immediate need. And I think a lot of it is just, like, relief, too. Like, she's asking for relief help, not actual, like, dealing with the problem helps. Because she is asking the doctor, I just need, like, a tranquilizer. He was at, hesitant. Yeah. Yeah, I first. mean, at first he's just like, let me get you a psychiatrist or whatever. It usually takes mm-hmm. about a week to get an appointment. And she's like, I need something now. Yeah, I All haven't right. slept. We've seen her sleep. Yeah. Now, I realize that she's uh, in a manic... She's Tyler Durden in Fight Club. Like, she's going back and forth between being mom and mama duck. Mm-hmm. So, like, she, <laughs> she doesn't feel like she's sleeping, even though... We have seen her sleeping, if mm. that makes sense. But anyway, so she sort of convinces him to give a, uh, her tranquilizers for the kid. Mm-hmm. Do you notice how much his behavior improves after he's slept himself? He's a totally different and, dare I say, likable kid. Uh-huh. That is kind <laughs> of when the he's shift gotten happens. After to sleep. Mm-hmm. Because there's a point where you're really on her side. Right. And then you switch over to being more on his side. And well, I do right. think, I think you're right. It's yeah. right when they've finally been able to sleep. But this is when they have the conversation where he says, why don't people lie? like me and it was really sad it is i you know i like you and this is i think the closest they have had to actually having this kind of honest conversation conversation. with each other you Mm -hmm. know yeah and he's like i don't want you to die and she said i'm not gonna die for a long time and then he said well did you think dad was gonna die and no and so i think it just shows he is understanding what's happening and he needs to deal with it too this is when she asks him not to bring the babadook up again and he doesn't for a long time then she goes down and i think the book knocks on the door and is on the porch when she opens up Mm -hmm. so the book came back and it's changed so it's it's been tapes together and there are new pages talking about how you can't get rid of the book or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And showing pop-ups of her killing the dog. Yes. Killing the kid. Yes. And, and then killing, killing herself. herself. Yeah. Right. So after the book comes back and she throws it on the Barbie. The, the Bobby. Bobby. <laughs> Throw another book on the and then Bobby. when she does Thank go you. to the police station and all the ink is on her hands, yeah. uh-huh. clearly it's like, you know, she spent the entire night writing all these new pages, right. all yeah. that mm-hmm. ink on her hand. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. So she's got roaches crawling all over the place and she's like moving all over furniture and um, scrubbing and then bing she's bong. Cleaning, yeah. I mean, she's just fixing the problem. Right, she's being exactly. a responsible adult. Which yeah. Nothing good. wrong with it. But now social workers are at the door. Right. Because some fucking tattletale at the school is like, I know. She took her son to school and went. Whatever. Yeah, I'm worried about this child. Yeah. Well, now you're worried about the child. So the social workers are there, and Sam runs in and says, "I'm just so tired from all the drugs mommy gave me." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100 something kids would say. Oh, yes, totally. I oh, mean, he's yeah. just an honest child. He is. Although, yeah. in all fairness, like she has a prescription. It's she's Absolutely. using it the way it should be used. Right. Like she's but doing she nothing says, wrong. It's but not that drugs. Is... It's tranquilizers, yeah. which is not better. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, "There are roaches in my kitchen," and that's when she goes in and she finds out the hole in the wall is gone and that mm-hmm. she's just crazy 
Yeah. To their credit, they say, I think we've caught you at a bad time. Right. We're going to be yeah. back in a couple of days. Here's my card. Here's the paper with choices of schools on right. it or whatever. Yeah. Because right. he needs to get back into school. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honestly, they're, I think they're, they're fine. They're just yeah. doing their job. They, mm-hmm. One of them has a very unfortunate face. Yeah. So they're just doing the best <laughs> just they can like, with the face their God gave them. Inexplicably mm-hmm. looks like a fish and a bird at the same time. Like Phineas yeah. from Phineas and Ferb. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's the vibe I got. They went back to their woodpecker home uh, and left and left them alone. <laughs> Honestly, so if her hair wasn't pulled back as tightly as it was, I think it would have been fine. I think so too. I think yeah. it's because her hair was pulled so tightly into that ponytail, mm-hmm. it was stretching her face so much it was that an it aggressive, pushed her nose out. I don't think God. it was a ponytail. It was an aggressive um, like French a, twist. Yeah, French twist going on. I've been a man my entire life, so <laughs> I can't help you with this conversation. Didn't you have long hair for a while? Yeah, I didn't put in a French <laughs> twist. <laughs> I had a uh, hair that was past my waist. Shut mm. up. Yeah, I was a rock and roll drummer that sang all the high notes. I bet you did. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing, ladies? I try to work that into my daily conversation. Winky Blanky? Yeah, th- it's a great do one. You know it really is. I mean, I do yeah. do it often. It's taking over. Oh, Winky Blanky. Guys, if you out there do the Winky Blanky to people, first off, I want to apologize if you get the cops called on you. Secondly, <laughs> let us know. Tell us on socials. Yeah. I really want to oh see. Gosh, I just even want- better, turn your, co- your phone yes. on selfie. Uh, do a winky blinky at me and t- tweet it at us. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I want it. <gasps> I want a supercut of winky blinkies. All right. So this is, I think, one of the scariest parts of the movie um, because Amelia's gone to sleep and Sam's sleeping yeah. in the bed too. She hears the noise and then she she lets the dog in and then she hears another noise and she sees the door open and she oh, sees man. Babadook mm-hmm. cans creeping in mm-hmm. and then she gets under the covers and she sees him inky up on the ceiling and if you notice, you never see like a really clear look at him and every time you see him, he either looks like black ink or he looks like that illustration. You know, yeah, I love how they did the that. The effects don't look good in, at this point. No, I think they intentionally look, I think it's a choice to make them look the way they look because I think they're supposed to look like the book. I get that. I think it was the way the motion on the ceiling was. Like, yeah. Not that I need it to be perfectly smooth, but it just was so different than everything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't like and it. And it was stop yeah. motion is right. the way they filmed it. That right. makes sense. But it's, yeah. it's jarring and not like in a, oh, that's creepy. It was jarring and like a, oh, that doesn't look great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it, I didn't notice it looking bad, but I was also like getting the feels because this it's is also different for you because you're looking through tears and I'm looking through clear eyes. That's full true. hearts can't lose. Can't lose. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Nailed no. it. But this is when Bob <laughs> goes <laughs> gets inside her, and I don't think I noticed that at first either. The first what? time I watched this, that he like went into her mouth. I feel like that that fully meets the metaphor. Yes, this is when she has let the Babadook in. Yeah, and he's in insider and that's when we start to see she gets a little more manipulative with her son oh she starts to cuss at him yeah. i just want oh. food well, why don't you go eat shit oh yeah. dude like, yeah good lord and she calls in sick and she's been taking a lot of time off and i got a can, bad case of the duck duck yeah and you can hear her argue like arguing with the person and she just wants to sleep and she's just really tired all the time and that's a very clear sign of depression oh my god so she's calling in sick and this is when um the son he comes and he says i really just need some food. I need yeah, you to Yeah, the tranquilizer is making me feel sick if I don't have anything in my stomach and, and the fridge is empty mm-hmm. because she like unplugged it to clean behind it. Right, right. So I get that. But like, yeah. can you make me some food, please? I'm six. I don't yeah. know how ovens work. Right. What are you eating shit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah. good Lord, you went from sl- 
sleepy to 11 real quick. <laughs> yeah, it's sad. But I can understand, you know, when you are you just need to care for yourself and somebody needs your attention. It's just hard. Yeah, you know? I remember yeah. being a kid you know, it was shortly after my parents had gotten divorced. And my, my parents are wonderful. Even that wasn't with your them, fault. I've heard. <laughs> uh, even with my parents being divorced, you know, I had a really great relationship with both of them. Yeah, but I remember too. a couple of times um, that my mom, um, you know, in her state of whatever she was dealing with, I remember a couple times, you know, telling her like, hey, mom, you forgot to feed us dinner mm-hmm. and her absolute panic of, oh, my God, you know, because, yeah. you know, you just get so caught up in your head and what mm-hmm. you're dealing with and, yeah. and just the absolute like heartbreak she felt making that realization that she had forgotten about us Aww. you know, that night. You know, I mean, it yeah. is that's that's sad. And that's a hard, a hard reality. Yeah. So my mom had four kids when I was four. My parents got divorced and she had to take care of all of us. Mm. And man, like I had no idea all the shit she was going through. Right. My mom's like a superhero in my mind because of that, because like she my dad was a great dad. He was not a great husband, if that makes sense. He oh, wasn't yeah, sure. a great dude. He was a great dad. Um, he became a great dude after he went to therapy when my brother died. But like my mom he wasn't paying child support for large portions of the time. And she was like a badass. I grew up in the shittiest house I've ever lived in. It was super small, but I thought it was big because I was mm-hmm. four. I had no idea. And she like was awesome. Right. I had no idea we were poor as shit. I had no idea I was wearing clothes that people from the church had given us. Aww. Like I had. Yeah. So like, I'm sure she went through shit like that. Yeah. And I bet if you ask my older siblings, they probably saw that. Kind More of yeah. aware of it. But I had no idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Yeah, I think it's probably the same for me and my sister because I was seven years older. My parents got divorced when we were yeah. when, on us 10. Yeah, know, I was so, four. Yeah. So she was three. Yeah. yeah. You just don't remember. But right around the age of Sam right now, I mean, he's fully yeah. becoming aware of mm-hmm. what his mother is going through like minutes later is like I just told my son to eat shit and so she goes and apologizes and she's (laughs) trying to like just bribe him to start like to forget her we can go I forget it was like a restaurant yeah Yeah. we go to Wally's which I imagine is like McDonald's yeah Yeah. I mean it looks Mm -hmm. like McDonald's we see like the inside of it so yeah yeah and he's eating or just drinking his drink or something Mm -hmm. and then they walk they're driving back and they see the Babadook in the car again and she sees it this time I think Um, she sees it come up on onto the top of it from behind mm-hmm. the car in the rear view mirror. Yeah. And this is like, she's just like swerving all over the road and then eventually hits that dude's car. Yeah. And he gets out of the car and is like yelling at her like, what the fuck? I just bought yeah. this car. And you're doing this with your child in the car yeah. too, which mm-hmm. is just like twisting the knife. Mm-hmm. And I love that she just drives away. She's just like, well, fuck you then. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. I fuck this shit. I'm out. Yeah. And this is when, like, I started to feel when I was watching this movie, like what else can happen? Like how much shit is she going to have to deal mm-hmm. with? Because this is when she just, is sitting with all her clothes on in the bathtub. Yeah. Dude, that is insane. Yeah. She looked crazy AF at that moment. And I feel like two years older, this kid would have said, okay, this is where I noticed that right. there is a big problem. But so he yeah. gets picked up and put right in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she, he walks in there and is like, hey, what, uh, what what's happening right now? Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey, join me in the tub fully clothed. Mm-hmm. Right. And so later that night, she hears whispering and she hears noises. And I thought it was going to be the Babadook again, but it's Sam on the phone calling yeah. Mrs. Roach, who's the neighbor from next door, and saying, we just need to stay with you. And we don't really hear what he's saying, but it's it's, it's not something like, like that. Yeah. Right. And it's not like my mom is the worst. It's we need help. Well, I don't think he has the words to describe what is happening. Other exactly. than I don't know what's happening. Can you help me? Right. please? Yeah. And it could be for all he knows, something in the house, not right. something yeah. in his mom. I mean, but this yeah. is like this is the night where things get crazy. Yeah, this it is. is the night. Yeah. So she comes down there like I specifically told you not to call 
anyone. Mm -hmm. Why did you call someone? You disobeyed me. And then she hangs up the phone. I guess she'd already hung up the phone, but she puts it back on the thing. Takes the battery. And then takes the battery. Yeah, that's right. And then she grabs the knife and cuts the phone cord. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And but it's not clear what she's gonna do for a minute. She's Mm -hmm. just saying, What is this what I'm gonna have to do to keep you from embarrassing me with our neighbors? So it's more about the appearance of her being a good mother. So she goes and she cuts the phone cord. She's like, I'm gonna make sure nobody gets into this house at all tonight. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. She had to go through and lock windows and lock yeah. doors. Okay, whether Jacob's home or not, everything is locked. Exactly. Up. Okay. I didn't even answer the door. No. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. That got And we me. have a peephole. I, mean, I wouldn't answer my door. Like, no. why? Exactly. What? Nothing good happens. No. Yeah, I've listened to My Favorite Murder enough that I'm going to stay sexy and not get murdered. Exactly. So y'all yeah. can hug a dick. Also want a cookie. This is when she's sitting on the couch and she's watching TV and she's not sleeping. And mm-hmm. she's starting to look just rougher and rougher by the second. Mm-hmm. And um, she has this vision of her son laying and he's Dead, like stabbed. stabbed to death. Yeah. Yeah. And then she says, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. And she sees him and he's actually not there. He's perched on the couch. On the edge of the couch, and scared as fuck got because the knife. yeah, yeah, Ooh. yeah, it was intense. He's like, it "What really are you doing?" Was. And she's like, holding the knife very aggressively, yes, mm-hmm. uh, like she's about to stab something. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and she realizes it, and yeah. she quickly goes and puts it away. Yeah. Yes, and I think this is when she gives him the big ball of ice cream with the medicine because I think I'm not exactly sure when this happens, but he has said, yeah. "I don't want to take this medicine. I don't think this is going to make anything better. I don't need this." And she's like, "No, no, no, you have to, you have to." You have to get sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Meaning I have to get relief from yeah. all of this. Yeah. But she can't sleep. She's sitting and she's imagining or dreaming that she's watching the news and a mother has stabbed her son. And then we see yeah. her face in the window and she just looks so creepy. Super creepy. Yeah. yeah. I think she's investigating noises or something and she goes down into the basement and she sees her husband. Yeah. She yeah. sees Oscar down there. Yeah, so all the parts where the husband comes into it, that was also a point when I originally watched it and still on this watching. I don't think it's necessary. So I read a little bit about this, and they said that the her state is supposed to represent the five stages of grief, and I think this is supposed to represent the bargaining phase. Yeah, because he's like, bring me the kid and yeah. we can be together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't that. know. I don't necessarily think it's necessary at this point, but I think at the end it is, and we can get to that. But yeah. It just makes me sad. That little bit of hope. Right. Yeah. yeah. But it's not real. Like, no, it's, not it's not real. It's not. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's just a delusion. But yeah, yeah she sees him and, and he says, bring me the boy, which is like, if you kill him, then you can kill yourself and we can be together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's so depressed at this point. The only thing keeping her alive is that she has to care for this child. Exactly. That she mm-hmm. sort of resents, maybe not specifically for that reason, but she does resent the, right, the child. Right. Because sure. she can't. There's nothing else she can do. She right. has to. Um, and so then she kind comes back up and the lights start to flicker. So she runs up to her room and this is the point in the movie where I stopped it and I started to cry and I cried for like 10 minutes and it was like real good like cathartic crying because every time something was dropping around her and it was like the hat and then the jacket. Well this is because then, she starts to see the Duck. That's why she runs right. upstairs. Mm-hmm. Exactly. She's trying to get away. She she pins the chair on the other side of the door so it can't get to the door and then it just starts to come down the chimney in the bedroom. Right. So you see the hat drop and she's mm-hmm. trying to crawl back to the door. You see the jacket 
jacket drop. Yeah. Yeah. So as I was watching this, this was what I was projecting onto this was that hat was like the note I got from daycare and the jacket was like when one of my kids was sick and this thing was another time a teacher yelled at me and it just was like everything, thing after thing after thing and you can't escape and it's just taking over. And so I stopped it and I had this really good cry and it was nice and then I carried on with the movie. But it, I was really grateful for that like real <laughs> cathartic experience and that's part of why I love this movie so much. Mm-hmm. It just got me, you know. And this is when he gets in again and he gets in I think from the back and so she starts just hunt. No, this is when she gets the dog. Yeah, well from this point on until she throws up the Baba Duck, mm-hmm. the vomit duck duck. Yeah, she she starts to even move strangely. Mm-hmm. She's starting to move like the Baba Duck yeah. does. The dog comes in and starts barking at her, mm-hmm. and then she chases the dog, picks it up, and strangles it. Yeah, right. yeah. And we've seen a scene where she was just sitting and holding the dog and crying. Right, and yeah. the dog didn't like it too much. Right, at that yeah. one point too. Yeah, the dog's on to on to her. Yeah, I hate this so yeah, much. This it's is, hard for me to see dogs dying. This man. is the one thing I would have taken out of it. Yeah, yeah. It, I don't think it needed that. So yeah. She she kills the dog. Yeah, it's um, a beautiful little dog, too. I just felt so bad I for I know, it. it is, yeah. And so this is when she she starts chasing Samuel down, and she yeah. is, like, she, because he's locked himself in a room, and she grabs the top of the door frame and starts, like, kicking it in, and it reminded yeah. me a yeah, lot of her Yeah. Well, absolutely. because she's got, like, unnormal strength. Yeah. It's not, like, impossible, mm-hmm. but it's, like, that's not common. Not characteristic. Yeah. Right. They, and I think part of that part of the metaphor is she really is not herself. Oh, yeah. yeah. I definitely do think she is possessed by the mama Duck, duck. The mama duck, duck. I like that. So she breaks down the door and she and starts. And he shoots her in the arm mm-hmm. with his crossbow. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, ah. and just takes it out, which another thing I think she's not feeling pain the way she normally would. Oh, I don't know about yeah. that. I mean, she does wince in pain and then oh, he hits her with the back of pull, uh, <laughs> with that cricket ball and then he runs past her and then they go downstairs and oh, this is where the neighbor comes over, right? But before the neighbor gets here, she says she wishes that he was the one who had died. That's what they're arguing. And then she thinks sometimes she's going to smash his head against a wall. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then we are knocking the door. Yeah. And they have been yelling. There's no way. I mean, there's not really indication of this, but there's no way that neighbor didn't hear what those what at least that they were yelling at each other. Also, she probably tried to call back and realize the phone line had Had been been cut. cut. Yeah. True. So she walks over, knocks on the door and says, hey, I just didn't like the way our conversation ended before or whatever she says. It's very sweet and supportive. And I just want you to know I'm here for you. And I'm not going to talk about Oscar because I know you don't want to hear about it, but Mm -hmm. I'm here for you. I want to help. Right. I, I really love you and Sam. Mm-hmm. It is like the sweetest thing right. to ever happen in a super serious, scary moment. I know, sure. yeah. yeah, it's almost a reprieve from like the and for her to not get on. killed is kind of amazing. You know, because yeah. really, like in horror movies, the mm-hmm. neighbor would have been dead by oh, now. Oh, when yeah. she comes back in that room and she's like, hey, I just talked to the neighbor and oh, we're yeah. going to go stay there. The mom comes back in and is saying mm-hmm. this to Sam. I thought for sure the door was going to be open and we were going to see the neighbor dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought well, for sure we were going to see that. That's not what happens though. No, right, right, but right. she is not telling the truth and yeah. Sam can tell so he stabs her in the fucking leg and runs. Mm-hmm. Right. And he runs down into the basement and because in the news footage we saw earlier that's like the dream news footage mm-hmm. uh, it says that the six year old boy was stabbed in, the, in basement. the basement. I was like oh here we go. Right, Everyone's right, fucked. Right. Because she just strangled the dog Yeah, and, and that was saying, also alluded to. Yeah. I want you to meet your dad. Like yeah. we can be happy there right. together. And I think for a minute I thought she was 
she had kind of had one of those moments where she realized what she was doing and she was trying to apologize, but no, she was about to kill him. Yeah. And he saw it and he saw it, I think, quicker than I did. Right. He stabbed like, him in the fucking leg. Well, well yeah. he got the script before you did it. That's fine. true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you don't Well, and he had that person standing right behind her saying, This is what happens. Oh, stab, yeah. Stab yeah. Her in the leg. There's that, too. Yeah. Right. Well, and also at the very, very beginning of the movie, when he first is playing down in the basement, he's prepping. That little stuff. Oh, yeah, because mm-hmm. it's home alone. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. He Macaulay Culkin. Now he's up. about to do all those things, you know, right. so now it's about to all happen. Yeah. And because she she trips down the stairs and gets knocked out, and then she wakes up and she's tied on the floor of the basement. Well, okay. So she doesn't trip down the stairs and get knocked out. There's like a bunch of traps and stuff that she falls uh, victim to. Yeah. And then he hits her with a cricket bat oh, and knocks that's her right. out. Yeah. So he has to knock her out and then he has to tie her up. Yeah. Uh, and it's a six year old tying these knots, so they're not super tight and she gets out of them yeah. yeah so anyway so they're like having this conversation where she's all tied up and he says something like uh oh you promised to protect me and i promised to protect you or something like that yeah and he's super sweet yeah and this is what made me cry he said i know you you don't love me it's because the babadook won't let you love me but i love but you, I love you. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it just <laughs> i know i just like to oh, think that my kids will like understand yeah <laughs> you know? anyway so he gets close enough and she gets free enough mm-hmm. to be able to strangle him and she starts strangling him yeah and then she he reaches out and like tries to touch her face. And, and we've seen him face. do that at the beginning of yeah. the movie. Yeah. And then she decides and she that. she throws him off. Yeah. Yeah. She's not going to kill her child and she's going to throw up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she she screams a lot and she's sobbing and screaming and trying to escape. But he's like forcing her to confront this. And so she turns over and she just vomits out all this black ink. Yeah. And honestly, I thought that this was going to be like not like the end of the movie. I thought there might be like a few end scenes that mm-hmm. sort of explain what happened. Sort of like it happens in the movie. Right. But because he she carries him upstairs mm-hmm. and they like leave the basement together. And I was like, oh, okay, well, the it's a dead a duck duck. Like yeah. it's done or whatever. <laughs> but uh, then the she puts Sam down on the steps and he's just mm-hmm. sitting there and she's at the front door and he goes, it never leaves. Yeah. And then it drags him or you don't yeah. really see it, but you see him just mm-hmm. get dragged up the steps yeah. into her bedroom and, so, and it shit's still popping off. It is. Yeah. And I like this too, because what she needs to do, and this is when I do like that the husband is there because they go up and there's the wall is all black and it's almost like beyond. And so the husband is walking forward and she's crying and he says what he says in the car and she is reliving this and she's actually confronting what she has been repressing for so long. Oh, and I think yeah. Because she wh- specifically mm-hmm. blocked out the visualization of him dying, which she right. definitely saw. Mm-hmm. And you get to see. That's why I said they got in a car wreck with a katana. Right, right. Because yeah. his head got cut off mm-hmm. or like the top of his head got ripped off. Mm-hmm. And you get to see that. Yay. Right. It was yeah. freaky. But if you're thinking about this in the therapy metaphor, like this yeah. is the confronting of the instigating issue. And this is the acceptance phase. You know, this is when this did happen. This is really hard. But OK, so like speaking as someone who like has been in a car accident or where my brother died, mm-hmm. I pulled my brother out of the truck. Mm-hmm. Like that is something that I had blocked out mm-hmm. because it's just fucking rough. Right. And then I was in therapy for a while after mm-hmm. it happened just to sort of not even really get over it, but like be able to talk about it and mm-hmm. like not let it destroy your life. Like yeah. it, it's different. I think it's probably different when it's your husband. I'm not trying to downplay that, but like, well, no, but it's that's rough. Like it, yeah. I mean, no, so I it, is, it is something that right. is completely different. So the husband gets his head cut off and, pops down to the floor and gets dragged off. And then we see the Babadook coming back. And this is when I think because she has confronted what has happened and she's looked at that and acknowledged it, she is able to now say, you can't 
get in and she is screaming it a lot but I feel like I, I was watching she this. really is just having a screaming match with she the Duck. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so it's her and the scream of duck duck and they're just yelling at each <laughs> other she's the scream of duck duck yeah. yeah so yeah. she <laughs> she has achieved her final form right <laughs> the scream of duck duck she's all of the overtones <laughs> but, and everything <laughs> in the audio but, but yeah so like she is at this point saying I'm not gonna let my grief consume me right. I'm gonna make it about me and my son and from I'm not gonna on. let it consume my family too I'm not gonna yeah, let that's it what I mean. my son and he gets off the bed and stands directly behind her is like holding on to her mm-hmm. behind her which I liked that a lot I, I don't know I, do. I didn't love this movie I didn't love this scene because I thought it was super ham-fisted yeah but I don't think that there was a better way to do it yeah yeah so that's yeah I like it I like it in my face like I like that it's this clear because I think like I've been in denial about a lot of this shit and sometimes I just really need to see it real blunt you know and that's part of why I really like it this way but yeah I mean I can understand why people feel a little beat over the head by the metaphor you know and I think I could see that being a weakness to some people I personally just didn't really bother me um, but also because I was sobbing the whole time. <laughs> yeah, you were seeing through tiered filled glasses. It was, yeah. yeah. But we, I think we see it one more time and it tries and it shines a light on her face and then it flutters down to the, um, the basement door. So when it goes into the basement door, it goes by itself to the basement, closes the door. And mm-hmm. then there was a door like literally in the house, in the pod loft <laughs> yeah. that closed like oh. three seconds after the basement door in the movie slams. Yeah. And yeah. that scared the fuck out of it me. It was definitely a little bit of pause for all of us I think yeah, I know. I like, what, what okay. is that so and I shouldn't look down the stairs because every once in a while my daughter will just kind of creep up the stairs a little bit and there was nobody there but the door was swinging open and so I went down the stairs oh, yeah. <laughs> to close it and the garage door is right on the other side of this hallway and it just slowly swung open on me <laughs> <laughs> holy shit but it was my husband he was just Papa Duk Duk <laughs> Papa Duk Duk nice Papa uh. Duk Duk this is so this is the birthday party she gets home she's still got her job um, Sam is with Mrs. Roach, and um, is that the, the lady's name is the Mrs. Neighbor. Roach. Oh okay. my gosh! Yeah. And there are roaches. Maybe that's the roaches trying Ooh. to get in and help her. Yeah. Oh. They're not an enemy. There you go. But so they're talking about Sam's birthday party. And yeah, because he's having his own birthday party. Exactly. And the social workers are sitting on the couch and talking to them and suddenly realize that there are gigantic birthday party decorations right in their face. And like, oh, you're but they're talking about schools and she's chosen a school for him to go to. Yeah. She's she even says she's done some research and she picked the school she wanted to go to. Mm -hmm. So it's she is a much more engaged mom at this point. Yeah. Yeah. She's getting it back together. And then they say, oh, you're having a birthday party. And then Sam says it's the first time I've ever had it on my day and this I think is significant because she is the one to say my husband died on the way yeah. to the hospital you know and she just says it and because the whole movie she has not wanted to talk about it at all and anytime anybody would bring it up that's when she starts to get real defensive or upset and the social workers are like kind of thrown off a little bit because it's just a hard thing to talk about right you know? I mean where do you go from know. there exactly they're talking to anybody it seems like they're accepting it and they're moving on and then yeah. they go out into the backyard and they're I can't tell if this is just the whole birthday party which would make sense I, I really like the end montage if you can call it a montage mm-hmm. because it shows like the steps she's taken to maybe not be better but start the steps to get better yeah because it's like it starts off with her she has to have asked for help because yes. Miss Roach is watching Sam right mm-hmm. and then she's taken responsibility for her kid's life by doing research and yeah. she's talking she's about she's working with the social workers right, instead right. of trying to push them out right and she's talking to um, them about what happened so mm-hmm. it's her owning the narrative and not just being owned by it right, right. Mm-hmm. and I do think because um, 
she told Miss Roach that the party wasn't until three, that they're just sort of waiting until three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're out back because there are decorations out back and they both have like a little like half a sandwich or whatever they have. Cause, but there are a bunch of them there. I just got the idea that it was like maybe 30 minutes before the party was going to start. Sure. Yeah. And they're just having their little time together. Yeah. And he wanted to show time. her a magic trick, yeah. which is the best magic trick a six year old's ever done. Dude, yeah, that's pretty impressive. Excuse me. Excuse me. Seven-year-old. Oh, yeah. My apologies, Sam. Happy birthday. (laughs) Happy birthday, buddy. But that bird comes out of nowhere. (laughs) And the coin disappears. That's magic. That is pure magic. A trick is something a whore does for money, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) I am illusionist. (laughs) I've made a horrible mistake. (laughs) So good. I try so hard. Um, Yeah. And so she's gardening and she pulls the worms out. And I think this is the part of the movie that I, I love the most. Really? Yeah. Because she goes down and she's in the basement. She sees all the locks. And I think just the metaphor of this just speaks to me. And so she goes down and she says, Samuel, go away. Go outside. Until I tell you to come back in. And she takes all the locks off the door and she goes down in. And you see it and it's trying to get into her and she's confronting it and she's scared. But she gives it the food. I I just don't understand why that's needed. Why does she need to keep it alive? Yeah, why is it being fed? Right, why is she keeping it alive? What it says to me is that it is never going to go away. And once something like that happens to you, you are forever changed and you may sure. learn how to deal with it, but it is always something that you're going to live with and you yeah, don't I mean, make it go away. You just learn how to contain it and you learn how to, to feed it or just go down in the basement and have your moment to scream and then go back upstairs. Yeah. And, you know, so that's what it says to me is that, cause it keeps saying like, you can't get rid of the Duke. Right. We just have to make sure it doesn't get in. Just the compartmentalizing of it. Right. Sure. Right. And I think that is, that's a lot of self care and that's therapy and just continuing to work on that because it's not a, you solve your problem and everything's happy. She's not broken forever. There's, ways of and the people around her will still love her even though that's really yeah. hard sometimes no you know? joke i bet in a year she'll be dating or engaged to robbie yeah yeah because they seem like they're doing a lot better you know and that's the movie so let's do some final thoughts i've made my final thoughts clear probably <laughs> i love this movie i just i can understand why people don't like it it personally worked for me i thought it was scary i thought it was it was like hereditary it's that combination of scary imagery scary atmosphere and really hit me hard in the feels that just mm, it just got man me. i think hereditary was so much scarier though i do too there were so many more and and maybe it's just because i'm so much more affected by jump scares mm-hmm. than i am by creepy shit mm. yeah and see creepy I mean, shit's what gets me and this is much much I wouldn't. I think Hereditary is even creepier than this is. But I do too. This has a lot more creepy elements than it does jump scares. Hereditary I still think it was scary. Relentless. Fuck! Too. I hated Hereditary yeah, so much. But relentless. I didn't hate this movie. I just didn't think it was great. Mm-hmm. I would never watch this movie again. But that's largely because it was scary. Yeah. I don't feel like it was poorly acted or poorly written. I just I don't connect with it like you do because I'm yeah. not a parent and I haven't had these experiences. But I get why you liked it. I'm not its target audience, and that's fine. Yeah. Like Sex in the City. Like I, I mm-hmm. get that it's a great show. I just mm-hmm. don't love it because it's not, it's not written for me. And right. I, I'm a white guy. There have been enough <laughs> shows written for me. I'm fine. That's true. Yeah, I'll be fine without it. Yeah. I maybe feel slightly more appreciative of the depth of the metaphor, but I don't know that it really made me like the movie anymore. <laughs> I just feel like I could uh, yeah, I appreciate the goal yeah. of the yeah. filmmakers and mm-hmm. the writers. Yeah. Let's do awesome. box office. Yep. So this budget was actually surprisingly low. 
because I don't feel like it looked that bad. There was that yeah. one scene where I didn't love the way it looked where they yeah. did stop motion, but uh, the production budget was $2 million, so it was wow. really yeah. low. Well, and a lot for, of that was Kickstarter, too. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. It did really bad at the domestic box office. It only did... Yeah. It did under a million, but it's an Australian movie. I read a fun fact about that, that Australian people don't tend to love Australian movies until other countries have accepted them. Interesting. I know. That is interesting. Yeah. I mean, it did pretty, it did much, much better internationally. So it did six and a half million internationally. So, I mean, it made money. Well, it premiered at Sundance and then it, that's when it started to catch on. Oh, Okay. Uh, but the worldwide box office was like 7.5 million. And then it did about al- almost 2 million in uh, Blu-ray sales or mm-hmm. DVD and Blu-ray sales. So it made its money back for yeah. sure. But so let's do some Jen's fun, fun facts. facts. Jennifer Kent is the writer and director of this. And this was her first feature film too. Oh yeah. So, yeah. What a way to start off. She based this on a short she did called Monster. Black Wait, was it called Momster? Oh my <gasps> gosh. He went there. Title by Todd. <laughs> I think you said Tattle by Todd. That should be, be the either. name of like your second book. <laughs> Tattle by Todd. Yeah. Um, okay. And so she's given some interviews about this and she said that it's really about facing darkness in ourselves and that the grief is the real monster. Okay. So there are a couple of times when she's yelling at her son to eat shit and she's saying, I thought about smashing your head. And so she's saying these awful things to a six-year-old and apparently on set like but his mom was there the whole time they really made it made an effort to make it a really loving and supportive set and anytime she was saying terrible things like that it was an adult stand-in who was just kneeling down so this six-year-old wouldn't have to hear someone Mm. saying those things to him i did wonder that yeah because that would be a hard thing as a six-year-old to fully understand what was happening especially when the person acting is doing a great job oh yeah and she is amazing i thought she's great we didn't talk that much about it but she's just like the looks on her face is sometimes you can feel exactly what she's feeling you know so jennifer kent and essie davis is the other the star of this they went to film school together and they were both actors. oh yeah yeah awesome yeah she started out as an actor and then i think she lost interest and wanted to do more uh directing and writing sort of like an aaron sorkin situation except not as wildly Did successful he start as a writer no, i'm an he actor is a writer yeah. Oh, I didn't uh, after he won the Oscar, he did an interview with somebody. I can't remember what it was. And he's like, so what is it like to be the best writer in Hollywood? He was like, I will always see myself as a failed actor who fell into writing. <laughs> I mean, say do. what you will about Aaron Sorkin. I don't think he's a great dude. I think he's an amazing writer. Yeah. But to hear someone who is literally, in my eyes, the Oscar Wilde of our generation yeah. and the best writer for screenwriting mm-hmm. to say that he will always see himself as a failure mm-hmm. was like super eye opening that, you know, everyone sort of sees themselves in sort of a hypercritical way. And if someone that I don't necessarily look up to him, I don't want to be like Aaron Sorkin, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I do creative things and And it's hard to keep making that stuff. It was just so nice to hear someone who I see as super Mm -hmm. successful and has achieved a lot of success still like feel sort of like I do about the stuff they create. I think it was eye opening to me. Yeah. Anyway, our focus is always on the negative. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Jennifer Kent owns the rights to this and she has said there will not be a sequel to this. Oh, wow. Which I really appreciate. I don't think we why should. Yeah, why, why would there be? Yeah, exactly. I think she told the story she wanted to tell. She yeah. did, and, but I think there's an opportunity for them to like turn this into Saw, you know, and start making all like the Babadook haunts another one. Like the like the horror version of Mary Poppins in a way, you know, and I'm glad yeah. that she's like, <laughs> I just no. appreciate when stories yeah. tell their story and get out. Uh-huh. Me <laughs> you know, too. Just, like, just yeah. like, be done with We that. don't need more of this. I actually do have a fun fact. Oh, yeah. Because we kind of glossed over a little bit when we were talking Guest about the 
fun fact. <gasps> yeah, we yes, were talking about fact. the teeth. So, you mm-hmm. know, the whole glass oh, yeah, thing, yeah. her mm-hmm. holding her mouth the whole time and then eventually pulling a tooth out. Oh, yeah. So uh, primary meanings about tooth loss dreams Ooh. include feelings of grief, <gasps> control issues, helplessness, malnutrition, fear of failure and abandonment issues. Shit, you can like literally everything. take all yeah. the boxes. <laughs> right, that. right. Yeah. Even malnourishment. Yeah, exactly. Know? Yeah, because at first when I was reading it, I got to malnutrition. I was just like, no, that. Oh, wait a second. Uh, that's 100% in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting just because that's a continual thing mm-hmm. that she's doing throughout is holding her jaw. Yeah. And I so. didn't notice it the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Nice fun fact. You're welcome. Um, okay. So when they were crowdfunding this, if you were one of the ones who contributed to that, you got an actual book. They did make um, these actual pop-up books and now you can buy them on eBay for like $500. So Todd, Merry Christmas. I'm, I'm out. You this <laughs> yeah. Guys, Does I'd it like have to- all of the pages in it, including <laughs> the ones that get written halfway through? Right. right. <laughs> so the, I would like to invite all of you to my uh, barbecue book, 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 <laughs> barbecue. Oh my gosh. We'll find the, the title. Patreon goal we'll, right I know. There. <laughs> we'll throw buy something Todd out a Christmas Barbie. present. I would, Okay, honestly, if we like crowdfunded that and we made five hundred dollars to buy a Baba Duck Duck book book, <laughs> I would feel horrible burning. Just that. for to bur- well, yeah, we're not burning yeah. it. I probably put would it live here place. in the pod loft. It would, yeah, right behind right next no. you. <laughs> I already had to sit next to this fucking poster of dreary, <laughs> of dreary, or dairy Maine, or of dairy Maine. Yeah. yeah, thanks to Randall who gave Anyone. it to us. Uh, yeah, yeah, thanks Randall. I love it. Um, okay, so my Randall's last- the man. Sorry, yeah, yeah. go ahead. My last fun fact is that the Baba Duke. <laughs> The Babadook has become an LGBTQ icon, and you really? see, yeah, you see. Well, lots I guess of- if Dorothy can. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, so I think where this started, look, listeners, I am not 100% sure about how all of this came to be, but Netflix accidentally categorized it in the LGBTQ section of Netflix when it first oh, came out. That is yeah. interesting. Yeah. And I think it originated from somebody making a joke about how he is an LGBTQ icon, and then it just went viral and people huh. just kind of jumped on. And I read an article about it that was kind of a humorous, how I project a whole bunch of stuff onto movies. Like, what? doing the same thing really you like do how the bot now i'm not 100 sure i'm gonna say this right but the one i was reading was that the babadook is is learning to live with a straight family and they're learning to oh coexist and i think it was nice. humorous but i do sure, like, sure. There, i mean he you see this imagery at pride events now it's i think it's really That's interesting awesome. i know yeah huh. So those are my fun facts. Those fun facts. Scary scale. Our scary scale is a ranking we used to say how scared we were by the movie today. It is not a ranking of the quality of the film. It is a ranking of how scared we were when we watched it today. Our one example is Ghostbusters. Our ten example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All right. Todd or Emily. Do you Take want to go it, first? Todd. All right. <laughs> um, I will give it a four. All right. It was creepy. There were some jump scares. There's a jump scare we didn't talk about where she was washing the dishes and looking across uh-huh. to her neighbor Ooh, yeah. who was watching TV yeah. and then it cuts back to her washing dishes, cuts back to the neighbor, and the Baba Duck Duck is there in the room with her. And I think that, that's the biggest one for you. That that was scared me. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it, there was a few jump scares that got me, and it was overall creepy, but mm-hmm. it wasn't super bad. Yeah. I wouldn't watch it again. I, I would probably go two, and I, I feel <laughs> I always feel bad because the uh, you know the few movies that I have come over here and done with you guys, <laughs> I tend to always give everything a two. And what's so funny is I actually in the early days of modern horrors wrote an article, um, basically describing myself as a scaredy cat. I honestly think that I've just been so desensitized mm-hmm. by things with the number of uh, movies how, I have watched with Jacob. How, yeah. how long did that take? <laughs> I, I mean, they any day what, now, Todd. Yeah. It's probably been. F- 
four years, three and oh, a half God. years. <laughs> so you got a few more to go. Uh, but yeah, okay. I'd probably give it a, a two. I'd say it is less scary than I remembered it being the first time. I think I'm going to give this. Wait for it. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm going to give it a six. And a That's lot a lot of, higher than yeah, I thought you'd give yeah, it. Oh, really? Sure. Yeah, yeah, because it's not scary. I just realized that it hits you emotionally more than it hits me. Yeah. So I get the higher score. but Yeah, because when for me, when that emotional connects to the the imagery, it, just, it bumps it up. I yeah. got you. Mm-hmm. And it really hits on a lot of fears that I have just in my everyday life. So, yeah. so four, two, six. Yeah. Not bad. Yep. And we are a member of the Modern Horrors Podcast Network. The Modern Horrors Podcast Network is made up of... Of the Modern Horrors Podcast, mm-hmm. Final Girls, and Death Dying, and other things, and of yeah. course, our little show. Right, and um, we haven't said this because we've had Emily on our show before, but what, what? Emily is married to Jacob of the Modern Horrors it's, Podcast. It's true. She yeah. is Mrs. Modern Horrors. Yeah. <laughs> she has an MRS yeah. degree in horror. Uh, well, yeah, I'll go for it. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> so guys, if you want to follow us on socials, it is at Horror Virgin, just like the website is HorrorVirgin.com. And if you want to follow Jen, follow Jen at Jen Ferratu on yeah. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you want to follow me, it's at Tajay Awesome on all of those platforms. Oh yeah, and uh, I don't know if you guys heard, but during this episode, <laughs> um, we mentioned the blog. Yeah. Specifically called- the Mama Duk Duk, or not called Mama Duk Duk. <laughs> oh my gosh. If somebody doesn't have that Twitter handle yet. I know. Oh, I feel like I need to get it. Yeah. yeah. Or a hashtag at least. Yeah, I wrote a blog and it's actually called The Horrors of Motherhood. And it's one of the first blogs that I wrote, but it's one of my favorites. And it's comparing the Babadook and um, Hereditary. So it's really good. I'll post a link to it. And guys, if you want to support the show monetarily, please do so at patreon.com slash horror virgin. Right now we're saving up to buy new gear so we can have better sound. Headphones so I can do Janet Jackson dance moves. Well, headphones, but also better mics and stuff like that, just so we Mm -hmm. can generally have better sound. So anyway, if you want to help contribute to that fund, go to patreon.com slash horror virgin and help us out but if you can't help us out monetarily you guys are clearly sharing the podcast with your friends yes. family and co-workers and that is as important so thank you guys so much yes, it's so for awesome. that we've had a lot of growth in the last month it's been pretty insane mm-hmm. um it's weird like we've gone and like it's been like one month will go way way up and then we'll sort of plateau a little bit and mm-hmm. then go way way up it's it's been awesome but yeah. sort of weird it's I don't quite understand how it's happening but I'm alright with it right and thank you Spotify listeners because that's a platform that we're really growing a lot on yeah yeah well, like what's a lot. going on with it but yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey guys that's gonna be it from us hey happy Mother's Day yeah happy Mother's Day happy yeah. Mother's Day my birthday lands on Mother's Day this year oh nice. yay oh so just like the death day and birthday and for Sam uh oh for bringing that Jeez, uh, I'm just saying it's Way to a coincidence down. <laughs> sorry <laughs> well happy birthday slash Mother's yes, Day thanks yay, and thank guys. you so much for being on the podcast oh, Emily it's always great to have you fun yeah. I'm so glad to have you back yeah, yeah. always fun Make sure you watch Amityville Horror for that's next right, week. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right. Thanks. That's going to be it from us, everybody. Thank you. Happy Mother's Day. Have a great day. I'm Jim. I'm Emily. <laughs> and I'm your horror version, Todd. We will see you guys next week. <laughs> Bye. I feel like we need to talk about some really dirty, weird stuff because that's been the way we've ended our. Oh, no. <laughs> Mama Duck nerds. Oh.